Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, it's our big WrestleMania recap. And holy shit, is there a ton to talk about? We also had a Bucks versus FTR in AEW Dynamite. Banger of a match. Cody Rhodes, the entire saga. Now that we have all the information, it's time for us to have a conversation. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. I did not mean to rhyme that. Did you hear what I said? No, information and conversation. You didn't hear that? You're just that good. Bitch said nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Banff Ringside Podcast. As always, I am your host, Bill Vagie, aka Gioberto Clemente, in honor of opening day. <laughs> and out there in Portland, Oregon, we have two beers. Zach Pullman, what's going on, two beer? Making this triumphant return. What's going on, two beer? Dude, uh, that's the fourth reference I actually got. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, really looking forward to being back. Uh, just been a crazy last couple weeks uh, between vacation and work. And uh, then just, like, all this wrestling to watch. And we got even more to watch this weekend. Uh, New Japan coming up. And, uh, you know, next week got wrestling at the Grand Dell. It's going to be great. And sitting to my left, another guy making his triumphant return. We have... Tinder Mahal, a.k.a. Joey O'Farrell. What's going on, Joey? How's it going, Bill? Going good. good. Uh, before we get too far into it, and let's just get it right off the top. There's so much to talk about because WrestleMania was good this year. Actually, it was very good this year, I would say. Um, Jason Cornelius Bell is not with us tonight. Jason Cornelius Bell is still with us in this Mortal Coil, but he is at opening day. Uh, the Cardinals are up 4 nothing. Tyler O'Neill hit a three-run home run. I know that Jason Cornelius Bell has a lot to say about WrestleMania also, but y'all will have to wait an entire week to hear it. Uh, but we did bring in Joey uh, as the pinch hitter, and Joey, Tinder, actually has a very big event coming up, wrestling at the Grandel. STL versus the world. We have been uh, hyping it up kind of in little pieces as we're getting closer to it. The date is April 30th. Joey, before we get to our WrestleMania recap, tell me about wrestling at the Grandle. How did it start and how are we looking? Okay, so real quick, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate being on today. I'm excited to talk about all these cool topics, WrestleMania, AEW, everything. Um, so it is actually called Grandel Wrestling STL versus the world. Once the uh, the Billy Corgan thing happened and they started doing wrestling at the chase again, we kind of cut that out of the whole program. So there you go. No oh, more, no my more, bad. No more wrestling at the Grandel. My bad. Um, yeah, what, do you, what would you like to know about it? Uh, I would like to know what the genesis of it was. Okay, well, the genesis of it started about three years ago um, when we were going to do the moolah, and that kind of got scratched because of uh, the owners wanting to sell. And then we found the Grandel, which is a beautiful 600-seat theater right across from the Fox um, that I couldn't believe they were just stoked to do the show. And so we had the show booked. Everything was done. We're ready to go. And, of course, COVID hits. Mm -hmm. So long story short, I created a podcast with uh, ring announcer Ben Simon called the Grandel Wrestling Podcast where we interview wrestlers 
and we just have a really good time. We've interviewed, you know, Scott Steiner, Dan Housen, Josh Alexander, local wrestlers like KLD, uh, Dan the Dad, um, and then we've also had, like, you know, Rohit Raju. Like, we've had a ton of people on the show. It's a spectacular podcast. If you guys haven't checked it out, please check it out. Ben Simon, is a, he's, a really, he's really good at interviewing people, and it is a fun podcast to listen to. Well, thank you so much. And that's on YouTube. So if you go to YouTube, Grand L Wrestling, um, you can find it. It's a video podcast as well. Also, Spotify, all that stuff, Apple Podcasts. Anyway, so, you know, we kind of kept that po- – we did the podcast to kind of keep it going and keep our brand out there. And over time, you know, with the help of guys like KLD, I kind of got to know a lot of the wrestlers and, you know, develop friendships, and we kind of got to grow as a company. And after a while, it, it kind of became apparent, like, this is going to be something bigger than I ever thought it was going to be. It's going to be something I think that's going to revolutionize um, what St. Louis is about as far as pro wrestling goes. You know, a once-a-year event – we kind of come in. He's heating up. We have, you know, the biggest names versus our biggest names because, you know, I think a lot of people locally know, like, guys like Mike Outlaw, KLD, Tootie Lynn, Dan the Dad, um, Camaro Jackson, and Davey Richards now. And then we have a bunch of young talents too, like Technical Difficulties, Moses and Raheem. We have these guys that can go and that are, like, you know, ready to take that next step and are, you know, either they've been there or they're going to be there soon. Um, it's kind of like, you know, if, if I were to make a baseball analogy, it's kind of like we have a bunch of, we have a lot of AAA players that are getting ready to be called up and we bring in these guys, these guys and girls who have been, you know, they're either, they've been to like WWE or they've been in AEW or they're in New Japan or they're in Ring of Honor or MLW and they're excited to be here. You know, they want to come in, they want to work with our guys and girls because they're proven. I mean, Tootie's already on NWA television weekly. And, you know, Davey's on MLW. He's been in Ring of Honor. He's been in, he's done New Japan stuff. I think the only reason he's not out in AEW or WWE right now because he doesn't want to be. He wants to be here with his family. He wants to get his doctrine, all that stuff. But, um, yeah, man, we're, I'm really excited about it. And, you know, I can't thank the guys from Glory Pro and Russell Max and Anarchy enough. Obviously, KLD was kind of the guy that kind of let me in the, the you know, the forbidden door, I guess you would say. You sure. Know, you know how yeah. I'm not a wrestler, so right. it's not like these guys are like, oh, c- come on in, man. You know, tell us what to do. Tell us your ideas. Like, that. that's not how it goes at all. And Kevin, I, I just want to thank Kevin a lot for that. And obviously... A fantastic are- wrestler who Zach and I and Joey and JCB and Murray have seen several times fight live at Glory Pro events. And real quick, not not to get all about Kevin, but this this may or may not be Kevin's last match. It's probably his last match for a long time. Intrigue. Yeah, and we're br- obviously we're bringing in one of the top guys right now in Moose. Moose is on fire right now. Yeah, so tell us about the people that maybe aren't from St. Louis or maybe aren't as familiar with the St. Louis scene. Who are some people that are going to be on this card that they have heard of? Because Moose is a big one. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, the great thing, I've never booked a wrestling card before, but I took upon myself and I said, I'm going to do this. And the great thing about all the St. Louis talent is – they all, they all have name recognition. So these these big talents are kind of, they're excited to come in and work with them. When I say, hey, you're going to work with Mike Outlaw, hey, you're going to work with Davey Richards or KLD, they're all about it. So the I'll go, I'll start from the beginning. Um, we're going to have Camaro Jackson, who I think is one of the best up-and-coming wrestlers. He's been around in St. Louis for quite a while now, but I think you're going to start seeing him on a, on a bigger stage very soon. Um, he's going to be facing arguably the best wrestler in the world in Josh Alexander. Yeah. 
who is going out there uh, a week before to, f- to face uh, Moose for the title. I believe he was JCB's, uh, I believe he won JCB's beefer for wrestler of the year in 2021. I know that he was on Two Beer Zach's shortlist. Yeah, he, I mean, he's fantastic. And he couldn't be more happy to be here. And he's just, he's been so kind to the St. Louis crowd. And he's actually one of the He's only, a stud. He's a stud. And he was on the original show two years ago, so I'm glad he stuck with me. Um, and then our second match, we're going to have a really fun match with uh, Dan the Dad versus Silas Young. Um, I love Silas Young. Silas has been one of my favorite guys for a long time. And we all know what Dan's done for the scene. He's, you know, he's the owner of Glory Pro. Um, and I'm just so excited for this match. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think everyone's going to have a really good time with this one. Um, and the third match, uh, I'm looking at Tootie Lynn. Tootie Lynn is on fire right now. She's just, she's everywhere. You know, you see, she's probably the most overpopular wrestler in St. Louis. And we had a little snag. It was going to be Tootie Lynn versus Deanna Perrazzo, but, you know, things happen. You know, AAA called for Deanna. And, you know, she had to go do her thing, which I completely understand. And she's been nothing but professional. But we found a backup. And what I think is probably the best we could have done in uh, Tennille Dashwood, formerly Emma, uh, to face Tootie Lynn. And we're really excited about that match. Tennille is so talented. And she doesn't do a lot of indies. So this is definitely a rare indie for her to do. And then in the fourth match, um, we got a really good up-and-coming team with technical difficulties, Moses and Raheem De La Suede. These two guys, very young, very good, amateur backgrounds. Um, Raheem's a great high flyer, just a really great tag team, former Glory Pro champions. And they're going to be facing off against one of the best New Japan strong teams, uh, part of Team Filthy in West Coast Wrecking Crew, Royce Isaacs and Jarrell Nelson. And these guys, I tell you, man, these guys are unbelievable. These guys are one of the best tag teams going right now. So I think this match could be a show stealer. I mean, we're talking about... People don't know it, but they're going to see that and be like, wow, that tag team match. And, uh, yeah, so we'll run down this real quick. Go ahead. That's also one of those matches where you'll see those guys and guaranteed a couple years down the road, maybe even not that far, you're going to be like, oh, shit, I saw them at the Grandel. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, And then the uh, most dangerous match I really wanted this match on the card. I really wanted to do this. And, and uh, after they kind of put up a little, you know, kind of pushed me, nudged me in the right direction, we're going to do a ladder match for the Gateway Heritage Championship, which is St. Louis Anarchy's title, their main title, which is one of the biggest promotions in the Midwest and one of the biggest titles in the Midwest, with Gary J. We know how Gary J. is, how reckless he can be. Yes. Versus his best friend, Aaron Williams. And those guys have had some just some knockdown drag out matches, and I know they're going to go out there and just tear the house down. And we're not bringing in. You never hit. Go ahead. Hit anybody harder? You never hit anybody harder than you hit your best friend. So you, if you see these guys wrestle, uh, they lay it in. Absolutely, yes, they are going to lay it in, and we are going to give them the plunder to lay it in. We are getting the. This isn't going to be some seven, six, seven, eight foot ladder. We're going to have a ten foot double sided ladder. With ladders around the ring, tables, chairs, the whole caboodle. Yeah, by the way, I gave you my Lowe's card to buy those ladders. Do you have that money that you spent <laughs> on my Lowe's card? No, nah, I went on Craigslist, man. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and then uh, we're going to have a brief intermission, and then we're going to come back with, we spoke about him earlier, KLD versus Moose. And those guys, they've fought before, and I know Moose is really excited to fight KLD again. I think it, I think Big E Langston or Big E... 
coined the phrase big meaty men slapping meat that's going to be moose versus kld absolutely that is going to be that's going to be a slobber knocker to quote jr um and then after that let's see what we got going on here uh there's so many matches it's just like it's like one after another um we got mike outlaw versus arguably and mike outlaw we we know mike outlaw like he's champion everywhere he's one of the best in st louis maybe one of probably one of the best in the midwest going right now He's going to be facing one of my favorite wrestlers, tag team, singles, whatever you want to call it, Alex Shelley. Motor City Machine Guns. Motor City Machine Gun. And uh, I'm so excited to have Alex be a part of this event. He's been great, and he's really excited about it too. Um, and then we got we got a surprise in between those matches. And then we also have, for our main event, we have Davey Richards, the American Wolf, one of the best in the world, versus... Samurai Del Sol. And I think people have kind of forgot about Samurai. He hasn't had a match in a while. He did this little thing on AEW, but he kind of he got COVID kind of bad and had to deal with some stuff. But he's back. He's 100%. But he was formerly known as... Kalisto. Kalisto yes. from WWE. Correct. Insane wrestler. Insane wrestler. Yes. And let me tell you, I've ta- I talked to, I talk to uh, Samurai Del Sol a lot, and he is, he is chomping at the bit for this match. He is excited. He's another guy who doesn't do indies. I had to pull some favors for this. You know, I, I had my little stint in WWE, so I have a few friends over there. Um, and uh, it's going to be one hell of a match. We are looking forward to it. Tell us the date again. It is Saturday, April 30th at the Grandel Theater. Tell us how much tickets are, because I remember Joey telling me when he was starting this off, he said, I want to sell this place out. I want to make it affordable for people. How much are tickets? So to every ticket in the building is 25 bucks. So whether, whether you sit in the first row, the balcony, whatever. And if I can give you listeners a little advice for being BFR listeners, balcony is the way to go. Buy those balcony tickets because there's no view like this in wrestling. And we're going to have video walls. We're going to have all these crazy lights, huge PA. We're going to have all these special entrances. You cannot miss this. And I say, if you want to be in the right place, be in the balcony. No bad seat in the whole place, but definitely the balcony is where oh, I fuck. will Fuck, I'm not in the balcony. You're not. Yeah, you are. Should I get in the balcony? You're in the balcony. I'm in the balcony? You're in the balcony. How do you know where I'm sitting? Because Bo bought your tickets. Yeah, I know. And ah, I, shit. I owe Bo $25. <laughs> because I bought Bo's tickets for him, and he then mowed me. We are psyched for this event, April 30th. I will be there. Jason Bell will be there. Zach, unfortunately, is not flying in, but Zach will be there in spirit. And uh, if you if you want to meet us, if you want to hang out, if you just want to see some great wrestling, if you're just into the whole vibe of wrestling, it's April 30th at the Grandel. Uh, Joey O'Farrell told you to go there. Joey, thank you so much. No problem. Let's get down to business now. Let's have some fun. Let's get to that three count. One. All right, so the first count is WrestleMania, and I'm just going to defer to Zach because I haven't talked to Zach except for via a few text messages, and Zach has not talked on the podcast in a while. So, Zach, let me have it. What did you think about WrestleMania? Just overarching thoughts about getting into the minutia of matches. Uh, Very positive experience. I have not much negative to say about it. I think it's the best mania since we started this podcast. So it's the best one in five years. Uh, so I'd say that's modern, right? It's like best modern mania. Definitely the best of the two day shows. Um, you know, there's things that 
you say about Mania in general, um, it's long. They did cut it into two days so that you could have like two three and a half hour shows instead of one seven hour show. Uh, but you know, I kind of built, built it into my day. I had the pre-show on kind of in the background. So really like each time it was like six hours anyway, <laughs> like so I watched like two, six hour shows and, um, you know, there was a lot of video packages. I think, you know, you're going to have the big grand entrances for WrestleMania, of course, because that is absolutely part of it. The pageantry, the over the topness I could have done with, less video packages i think this would have been a more of a sticking point if i was in the crowd especially but uh overall i mean really fun show uh very high highs uh there were some very low lows but at the same time i will remember this mania fondly and i'll remember it like very fondly like whenever people say like oh you know wrestlemania 38 i'll be like that show was dope like both nights were really good uh whereas that's not necessarily the case. And, you know, a lot of people have these ideas about their favorite manias. And even if you look back at your favorite manias, there's some shitty matches on those cards, guys. Like, we have very high standards where, you know, you know, especially with some of these, like, more recent AEW shows where almost every single match is an absolute banger because they only do four shows a year. Like, this was a very successful WWE pay-per-view. So, a couple matches that were not great is like fine um so overall loved it i think i would give the whole thing uh an a minus between the two nights um it was a great show that was gonna be my score too i would give the thing an an a minus and zach if i had to ask you're we'll we'll get into some nitty-gritty here in a minute but if i had to ask just overarching what was your match of the night Night one and match of the night, night two. Uh, kind of, you know, I think about it a little bit differently looking at it. If, uh, if I was saying, like, what was, like, the best, like, professional wrestling match as far as, like, um, like well-worked and, like, all this stuff, uh, really Cody and Seth uh, and Bianca and Becky were, like, one and one A. It was, like, they are both phenomenal. Uh, but the uh, Cody and Seth really did something like they surprised the hell out of me with how great the match was, but I'm going to forever remember that Stone Cold Steve Austin KO shit. Like, that's going to be the WrestleMania 38 A1A. Like, that's the night that Stone Cold wrestled for the first time in 19 years, and uh, that will be tip-top of the list as far as my memories go. Um, And then uh, night two was a little less memorable as far as uh you know like marquee matches the main event was a little uh you know kind of more of the same and also uh had you know kind of a rushed finish so i'm trying to even like remember what stood out to me actually as a disappointment uh aj and edge uh, i thought that, that was going to be the match of the entire wrestlemania two-night event and it wasn't. It was just not my thing. I'm trying to look at the night two card uh, to see which one, which night was which. But uh, let's see. Well, Joseph O'Farrell. Oh yeah, I tell you what. Yeah, the the one the one that stood uh, out. Of course, uh, Knoxville thing was like super fun. But as far as like just like a fun professional wrestling match, the um, the goddamn opening tag match. Yeah, the tag uh, match. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. 
<laughs> it was like a spot yeah, fest, but they, they allowed all the spots to breathe. It was it was really fun. I'll tell you what, uh, Otis and Chad Gable are a f- that, that that those were three fun ass tag teams that can all do things, and they, they worked really well together. Joseph O'Farrell, what was your match of the night? Well, night one and well, night two. Let me just let me play off what you just said there. That that scene where they got uh, Gable Stevenson in the ring, and he's, he's getting ready to take a drink. And Chad Gable just walks up and slaps the shit out of that cup. I fucking lost it. Yeah, it was I awesome. Was, oh my god, he's just—he's so money right now. He is. Yeah. Um, Gable's like, you hit me in the cup. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, honestly, match of the night, night one was obviously for me. It was Rollins. Like, just from a technical standpoint, it was definitely Rollins and Rhodes. Um, night two, you know, yeah, the tag team match. I thought, you know, surprising. I thought that women's tag match was really good. I was really surprised by that match. I mean, nobody will remember it because it came on right after, uh, I think Edge and yeah, I think Edge and it was AJ. Really good. Yeah, it was a come down match, and it certainly they didn't treat it like a come down match. At least the performers didn't. And I, I'm guilty. Like I don't watch as much WWE anymore. But you know, I I honestly I wasn't even planning on. I had such low expectations of this WrestleMania. That I was like, ah, maybe I'll watch a little bit of it. And then I, en- I ended up watching both nights all the way through and was just blown away by how good it was. And, yeah, there were some low points. But, man, for the most part, this WrestleMania was it was the best in the last five years. Absolutely. Oh, longer than that. I think it was the best WrestleMania since the Daniel Bryan WrestleMania, WrestleMania 30. Yeah. Is, and to Zach's point, if you go back and look at the matches during that WrestleMania this one was almost wall-to-wall fun. So my cousin Rob comes over Saturday night. I'm with the baby, and my wife's working, and my cousin Rob, you know, he's he's the type of dude that he talks about, like, you know, junkyard dog and stuff. He talks about the old stuff. He's like, well, I'll come over and, you know, drink some beers with you and watch it with you. And he was into it. And I'm telling you, the Cody-Seth match and the Becky-Bianca match – he was into, and to me, for for my money, those were the two best matches of the weekend, and they happened probably pretty much like an hour away from each other. I thought Bianca Becky was kind of a technical masterpiece. They were doing all sorts of reversals. It almost looked like a Zack Sabre Jr. match or something. It was fucking awesome. Bianca right now is 2-0 and at WrestleMania, has won the belt twice, and for my money, has put on two of the best women's matches or just matches at the last two WrestleManias. So Bianca Belair, if there was any doubt in anybody else, she is the real deal. And for my money, she has kind of surpassed some of the other women wrestlers on the roster. Cody, and we're gonna get we're gonna get to Cody. We're gonna do a whole count about Cody. But Cody versus Seth, first of all, they treated him like he was a big deal. We were all worried about that. We were like, are they going to make him a mid-carder? He's going to be fighting for the 24-7 championship in six months or whatever. They treated him like he was a huge deal. When he started doing the jabs, when he started doing the dusty jabs, and that place erupted after the first jab, I was like, man, he's got this crowd in the palm of his hand. It was such a fun match. I'm so happy for Cody. I know that we're going to get to it later. That was fucking awesome. 
the jack as a jackass mark i thought the jackass thing was fun uh listen party boy chris pontius doing party boy stuff on Sami Zayn is never gonna not make me laugh i'm a white guy that was born in 1979 that shit is funny to me that shit is funny and also i liked wee man doing the body slam on Sami Zayn. it was like it was like andre hogan it was unbelievable <laughs> and he did it he did it so well like it wasn't they didn't botch it he fucking nailed it no he nailed it yeah and you could see that sammy was such a pro that he set it up so that really all that we man had to do was stand up and hold him you know like kind of like a you know like a weightlifting thing Okay, so let's let's go through some of the matches, match by match. Zach, tell me what you thought about Miz and Logan Paul versus the Mysterios. Uh, I mean, another highlight, uh, amazingly, so Logan Paul comes out with a $900,000 Pokemon card on a gold chain. And if that isn't the most professional wrestling shit you've ever seen, it was absolutely perfect. Heal um, shit to the max. Yes, this guy is a natural pro wrestler. He's obviously a good athlete. Uh, he took to it as good as, you know, Bad Bunny. Uh, maybe not quite as good as Pat McAfee, a little bit less of a student of the game, I think, but still, like, really surprised me. I mean, Miz looks like he's wrestling underwater all the time, and Logan Paul was, like, a better wrestler than the Miz in this match. Absolutely fantastic job. Um and yeah, uh, just fun spectacle. It was exactly what you thought it was. Uh, the Miz heel turn, or not heel turn, but more of like a Logan Paul babyface turn. Uh, from what I understand, it was like written into his deal. Like he wanted to be a babyface. It doesn't make sense to me. Maybe he's just tired of everybody hating him so much because <laughs> people pay money to watch his boxing matches, hoping that somebody will beat his ass for real. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, but it seems like he's such a natural heat magnet. It just doesn't even make sense to me. But this dude overachieved and this match overachieved. What do you think, Joey? I think it was probably the best uh, wrestling appearance, wrestling celebrity appearance in a match ever. Oh, so we're not counting Pat McAfee the next night? Um, Sorry, are we are we just considering Pat McAfee a wrestler now? Because Pat McAfee... Yeah, I think we kind of... Because he's already had a match. He's already done it. Okay, all you right. Know, he's, he had his NXT. I mean, it was definitely like top top three. I mean... Yes. I love that um, Dominic came out in the, in the, um, the hot... Uh, the Love Machine stuff, the Eddie Guerrero stuff. That was amazing. I love that. All great. Dominic, Ray looked amazing. They... Put on a great match. Logan Paul doing three amigos into the frog splash. And not missing a fucking beat. Was, I marked out. That was one of the better frog splashes I've seen anyone do. <laughs> not counting Montez Ford. He did it so perfect because, like, he did the three amigos slow. He didn't rush anything. He climbed to the ropes, like, slow. He did, like, the, the chest shake, like, the shimmy. And, like... Just perfect timing. You like, talk I mean, about getting like the, heat, though, man. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And I love The Miz, you know, you can say what you want about The Miz, but, the, like, The Miz kind of let Logan Paul shine and kind of stayed out of the way, and then that builds into the story that they're getting ready to tell, and I love that, too. It's pretty funny because Logan Paul didn't miss a spot. It's his first match ever, essentially, like, untrained for the most part. And Miz is out there fucking up spots. He tried to break up the, the double 619, like, because he is – his spot was like break up the finish. Did you guys see him fucking around down there? <laughs> yes, I did. 
Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is he doing? And then whenever he broke up the finish after that, I was like, oh, he fucked up his spot on WrestleMania. Fucking idiot. I don't think that we have to talk too much about the McIntyre match, do we? Not at all. Okay. Yeah, all right, no. good. I don't think we have you to talk. You see when he got that sword out and chopped those ropes? Oh, I forget. Wait, what's his character's <laughs> name? Wait, what is Seth's character's name? Uh, who's ca- Drew McIntyre's? No, Cedric's. Our buddy Cedric. He's got that character that's like oh, God, I don't the, the Hick the Hick from Farmington. Yeah, I forgot. You were just doing it, though, pretty yeah. much. Um, I don't think we have to talk about the Usos versus uh, Nakamura and Boogs, other to say that that's a bummer way to start off a WrestleMania. Boogs was legit hurt. You could tell right away. He yeah. was legit done. It fucking sucks. That's the old Eric Bugenhagen who I rode really hard for for like three weeks on the podcast like three years ago. I was like, <laughs> this guy fucking rules. Uh, he might have gotten too big too fast. Um... So Becky and Bianca, like I said, this was a match that was very technical and very well worked and the right person went over. So even though I thought that the build was kind of garbage, and I think that I said last week, I said the only thing that can save this is the match, and I would say that the match saved it. Would you agree, Zach? Oh, totally. Uh you know, this was uh, a very long build, and they've done everything right with Bianca. You know, we had the SummerSlam. You know, she, like you said, she won the Rumble. She wins at Mania in a great match with Sasha, a main event, right, uh, of the first night. She goes on to lose at SummerSlam very quickly, but it was to pay off at a Wrestle. Like, they had the idea to pay it off at WrestleMania, and they didn't change their mind. So, I do not fault, even though we we're super pissed at the time. It was absolutely perfect. She ended up being the sole survivor uh, at, at Survivor Series. Uh, she comes out to this amazing drumline entrance, and she goes out there, and they reenact, like, the SummerSlam thing, like they're going to do it again, you know, quick finishers. Uh, so it's all really good, like, storytelling. She was throwing Becky around. Becky was throwing that cake around. Oh, my God, I love Becky's gear. She really putting it out there, uh, post-baby. Appreciate that. But, uh, no, these women uh, really overachieved. Uh, I absolutely love this match. And uh, I am stoked for Bianca Belair's career because she is uh, the real deal, and it's so cool that they're behind her because she can absolutely be a huge superstar. I've said everything that I want to say about this match because it was – it was damn near perfect. I would give it four and a half stars if I was giving out star ratings. The only thing that I'll say is that I'm not sure the ends justify the means. I'm not sure they still had to do Bianca so dirty at SummerSlam. I think that a 10 or 12-minute match at SummerSlam would have done the same thing and would have been better for Bianca in the long run. That being said, I'm glad that she got the win at Mania. Joe. Yeah, I mean, you guys kind of covered it all, but the, the thing that I really loved about the match, um, besides it was a great match, was at the very end, she goes to do her finisher. What's her finisher called? The uh, KOD. She puts a little stank on that finisher. Oh, it was it was the best one I've ever seen. And, man, you there, there are very few finishers nowadays, especially at WrestleMania, where you know you're getting that three count. Oh, you knew that three count was coming. I mean, she, she nailed that thing home, and that was a great match. Well, you know, speaking of... Finishers that don't need to be kicked out of, I got to say, you know, I thought that the Seth Rollins match was coming up Sunday night. I wasn't expecting it. And when it when they started showing the video package, I turned to my cousin Rob and I was like, 
oh shit, they're doing this now. And I thought it was perfect the way that they waited about three minutes before they played before they played Cody's music. Seth Rollins playing the cocky, this new character that he has, just coming out there laughing. It's very Chad Rogers, by the way. The, just coming out there laughing is so funny to me. When Cody came up, they treat him like a huge deal. My only problem with that match is that I don't think, and I know he won it with three crossroads. I don't think anybody needs to kick out of a crossroads on Cody's first match. What do you think about that, Zach? Am I wrong? Uh, I know that's a sticking point with you. Generally, like a pet peeve. Um, if it wasn't WrestleMania. Uh, uh, I mean, I feel like that, that's, that's basically Zach saying, "Yeah, you never shut the fuck up about this." Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> I know that you're pissed off about this, Bill. <laughs> I mean, no, if, I just, if you want, sorry, go ahead, Zach. Each other's like uh, taste so well. Like when I see something, I, I know that Jason's gonna be mad about this, or he's gonna really like this, or Bill's gonna be mad about this, or he's gonna be into it. That's all. Well, we skipped the uh, Drew McIntyre match. Um, Drew McIntyre kicked out of uh, into days. Oh yeah, first time ever. That's Anybody's right. Ever kicked out of it, so they and did save it for WrestleMania at least. They saved it for WrestleMania, but it was also stupid. Like, why would you save I'm, it for WrestleMania mad. on the second match? Thank you for bringing it up, Joey, because I was mad about that, too. I knew you were. I, I looked at Jay Bell and go, he's pissed. <laughs> I was. Uh, the, the match absolutely ruled, though. It was like, I this to happen. Like, it was no huge secret, but you never really knew until we saw. Like, Bill said they treated him like a big deal, but uh, it way, way, way overachieved. I mean, this match was awesome. Like, and Cody... Dude, this WWE crowd fucking loves Cody. They love him more than the AW crowd. All the people mad online about him moving to WWE, like, these people love him. Granted, it wasn't the first night, but they love him. You know what? That's my fault. We should save Cody for a three count because there's a lot to talk about with Cody. Um, But let's move on to the, oh, we haven't talked about Ronda versus Charlotte. Joey, tell me what you thought about Ronda versus Charlotte. I mean, I don't, I, th- I don't know why people have such high expectations of Ronda Rousey. Like, she's fine. Like, she goes out there. She has good. She has a decent match. She does the the judo throw about thirteen times in one match. It's kind of like seeing a clothesline over and over again. Um, it was fine for what it was. I don't think it was anything special. Um, I don't think. I think the bloom's kind of off the rose with her. I think when she came back at Rumble, people were really excited to see her. And the minute she opened her mouth, it was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. She kind of fucking sucks. Um, but the match was fine. Charlotte's a pro. Charlotte's always money. And uh, hopefully, you know, they can get a mouthpiece for Ronda and build her carriage a little more and show her a few more holds. Um, but, yeah, what would you think, Zach? Uh, I thought the best part about it was Charlotte's tits popping out. Um, it was not very good. Uh, the crowd was also dead because they were so, like, done after uh, the Seth Cody match because they were so hot. But, uh, yeah, uh, Charlotte um, just really hasn't been on it, like, lately. I know, like, her, you know, she is a pro. Her her aura, like, you know, she kind of comes across as a star because she carries herself like a star. 
Uh, but she does some stuff that just doesn't look good, and I wish she'd cut it out, like the Andrade double moonsault. She never hits it. It looks like shit all the time. That wasn't her um, fault, though, man. You know that. That 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 Ronda didn't move. That was Ronda's fault. Yeah, but she never works. Like every time I see her, it's like fuck. So I'm not saying it's like her. I'm just wishing cut it out because it never looks good. Um, but uh, but yeah, and I uh, admittedly I was super stoked for Ronda to come back because I have like this idea in my head of like what Ronda could be, which is like what Shayna Baszler was in NXT. But they're not going to do that. And Ronda just doesn't seem comfortable at all. Um, and they're not playing to her strengths exacerbating her weaknesses so it i think that also ronda and charlotte just don't have good chemistry uh so it was just a lot of negative negative things kind of rolled up into what rick flair called the best match women's match he's ever seen in his life and lost all credibility <laughs> with everyone. he also said dana bryan's uh, not a good wrestler so you know what are you gonna do oh yeah exactly so um but yeah um, I, I didn't love it to me, I wasn't excited going in, and I gave it I gave it the chance. To be honest, I wasn't really excited for Becky Bianca either, even though I know that they are well. They're well. Bianca is just a. I mean, she's a phenom. Like she is unbelievable, and Becky is Becky, and Becky's really good. And I know that. Well, what am I trying to say here? Ronda face Charlotte heel didn't interest me at all. The match didn't interest me at all. I watched it front to back and I tried to like it and it was just okay. I mean, it was okay. Charlotte's had some of my favorite matches. Charlotte and Sasha have had some of my favorite matches of all time, certainly on raw, like when they were going back and forth and back and forth when raw was not terribly shitty. Um, you know what? If you throw those pillows off that couch, I think she wants to get up there. Yeah, Reba, get up there. All right, do whatever. But I mean, the the match, <laughs> the match was just—I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. But then, if this would have went on last. People would have been screaming out of the building, trying to get back home. Can't have anything traffic. go on last when you have what was coming on last next, which was KO and Stone Cold Steve Austin, which just. I was expecting a lot, and I'll just say this. I wasn't let down. I was standing up. I was marking out. I was screaming at the television. I was pantomiming Stone Cold Stunners in my living room. I was psyched for it. What do you think about it, Joey? Um, I think, well, we'll start from the beginning of the, like, they come out, they do the interaction in the ring, and, man, they're both just such pros. Like, just such pros. So much to where I was like, I wasn't like, get it the fuck over with. Like, I wanted them to talk more. Like, I was just so entertained. And then when they got, when it comes to the match, like, Austin hasn't wrestled in 19 years. They went out there and they just fucking tore the house down. They really did. I mean, and people want, want to think like, oh, Austin's not a hold guy anymore. And yeah, he hasn't been a, he wasn't a fucking hold guy or a, a wrestling guy his last seven years, it was six, seven years of his career. Um, and there was that moment. Thank you. Yes. There was that moment um, in that match where they're on the floor, they're in the crowd, and Austin takes that fucking suplex on the outside, and he and I I just thought, man, let him be okay, you know. And he gets up, 
And Owens goes over to the fucking four wheeler, you know, and he like gets in the four wheeler, and he can't get it started. And he can't get started. And Austin comes <laughs> over, and he fucking get, he gets on him, and he fucking beats him, and then he drives him up the ramp. And you could tell, like, as soon as he got that fuck got from that fucking suplex, he was like, "Let's fucking go! Yeah, like, it's time." And when they got on that ramp and they were fucking going at it, it was a different. It was a different Steve. It was like Stone Cold Steve Austin's back. Like he he had that fucking intensity, and that whole match was just so. Great. It was fucking great. It was everything and more that it was supposed to be. It was a spectacle. It was what is the showcase of the immortals. If Nobody is more of an immortal than Stone Cold Steve Austin. Motherfucker came out two nights, and he could have come out a third night. He could have come out after the main event and started stunning people. That place would have gone just as nuts. Stone Cold is just... He's the best. He's the best. Zach, uh, what did you think? Yeah, he's the best to ever do it. Like, he's my, whenever people ask me about Rushmore, he's the first one that goes on it. Like, he takes a spot. There isn't any, oh, do I pick this person over that? It's so cold. And that's why, that's where I start. So I was so thrilled about this. Like Joey said, the talking was great. It wasn't like I was like, oh, hurry it up. Let's see some physicality. And I think he went out there, you know, a little bit, not nervous because he's an absolute pro. He's done it so many times, but nervous about uh, his physical health. And like Joey said, you know, he took that bump running into the post. And I was like, oh, okay, he's going to bump. Because before that, he hadn't done any bumps. I'm like, all right, he's going to bump. And then he takes the bump outside. And you can tell he was like, well, shit. He's like, I'm not going to get hurt. And he just full bore. And then they just had uh amazing like Phil said a spectacle and this is going to be it was the highlight of my weekend it's going to be uh one of my all-time like Wrestlemania moments uh as far as like memories go um this thing was just absolutely beautiful and I the whole time I was just so happy I was happy for myself I was happy for everyone that got to see it I was happy for Stone Cold and I was especially most happy for KO because can you imagine like, everybody's like, oh, Kevin Owens should have went to AEW. This dude got to wrestle Stone Cold Steve Austin at the best WrestleMania in a decade. In the main but event. That right there, even if he wasn't making more money, would have been worth, like, the price of admission. I mean, it's, that's, that's a dream. Like, I want Stone Cold Steve Austin to, like, come into McDonald's when I'm just, like, ordering lunch and Stone Cold stun me. Like that would that would make my whole life. I'm kind of getting chills about it right now. I mean, you're right. It was such a fucking moment. And let's just while we're on that, let's just roll into night two. And we're not going to go in order. Let's go into night two. Austin's appearance because Austin's appearance in night two was just as good. I I like I I love it's well documented on here that KO is my favorite WWE wrestler. First of all. Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory was really fucking good, and that crowd was really fucking into it. Now, you compare this with WrestleManias that you've watched, and we've watched we've watched lots of them, and by the time you get to that time of the night, you know, the crowd is kind of tired. The crowd's kind of dead. You know, they're not really that into it. McAfee versus Theory, the crowd was into it the whole time. Pat McAfee doing that backflip off the turnbuckle, landing on his feet, and then doing basically a plyometric jump up to the top rope, and then doing the super bomb 
off the top turnbuckle on Austin Theory, that is some major, major pro wrestling athletic shit. Very impressive. Joey. Oh, are you with me? So I'm with you. And, you know, I was thinking about that before we transitioned into this match. I was thinking about what you asked me earlier about the best match of the second night. And it was most definitely McAvee. It was McAfee theory. It yes. absolutely was. Yes, I just I agree. There was so much on both nights. So much cool stuff happened, and there was so much entertainment that I honestly forgot. Like, I, there's just so much to choose from. It wasn't just like, oh, this match was good or that match was good. No, this match over delivered. And then you know, I I know my my buddy uh, Cornelius uh, got kind of upset when he saw McMahon come out and get in the ring, and I'm just like, this is fucking incredible. Let's like, not speak for JCB. Well, he'll tell you himself. Yeah, I know he will. I know he but, will. But uh, that's no, fucking man. crazy though that he didn't like this. Yeah, I mean, just everything about it. And then like, if I'm going too far, let me know. But like, Austin going to stomach, man. Let's let's stay on the McAfee okay. theory part okay. for right now. Okay. Uh, Zach, what did you think about McAfee theory? Uh, love the entrance. I'm a huge uh, White Stripes fan, so him coming out to Seven Nation Army plus Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. I mean, like, I'm just all in at that point anyway. Um, plus, you know, Max, we already had before that, the best example of a quote unquote non wrestler that I'd ever seen was this match with Adam Cole. So but only like, one match though. It's re- like only one match. He, he had trained with Rip Rogers like for a little while and he's obviously a great athlete, but, uh, but yeah, only one match. It it's not like, like he's he a veteran though. Like, every, no, and, and I'm, cool I'm is, guilty like, of it too. Like, I talk about him like he's a veteran, but he's not. No, but and it's because he acts like one because he is such a student. Like, that Adam Cole match, like, they called it in the ring. It wasn't like they performed at Performance Center for two weeks. Like, they went out there and had a match. And that's what they were doing here on WrestleMania. Like, like he's a pro. And that shit was awesome. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, the, Obviously, right person won that match. Whenever Vince came out, I was like, all right, this is good. Like, I was, like, super into it. Uh, it was the dirt worst <laughs> you'll ever see. Basically, Vince just sticking his arm out and Pat McAfee running into it. Until... Selling like a motherfucker, though. Oh, yeah. I can't believe Vince pinned him. Like, all that, all that, and Vince still has to go over. It was it, I just, I couldn't believe it. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter. But I just couldn't believe it. Uh, I I rewatched this today because I was pretty tired when I watched it on Sunday, and I had a couple drinks. I rewatched it today. Michael Cole seemed more genuinely excited to see Pat McAfee doing what he was doing than I've ever heard Michael Cole get excited for. Like he fucking loved it when when. I'm telling you, that leap from the ring to the top rope on both feet is a hard thing to do. And I'm not saying that as a spectacular athlete or something. I'm just saying guys don't do it. I'm sure guys can do it, but he did it no problem, and he doesn't wrestle. He did it in one motion. It wasn't like he jumped up there and then then set himself. It was insane. It was he jumped up, grabbed through. Like, it was Fucking crazy. Plus, the promo we cut on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago was also fucking great. Like, it was a babyface, fire-ass promo. Great it match. Was great. You, you mentioned Cole, and it was, I noticed how great his commentary was in this match. 
I saw somebody said they're like, yeah, it's because it was the one match Vince McMahon was next to him and he wasn't in the fucking year. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's pretty funny. That like, oh, could be shit. accurate. Yeah, that is pretty accurate, actually. I didn't think about that. That's so funny. Uh, anyway, I didn't mind the Vince involvement. I mean, who cares? I thought that when Vince kind of teased taking off his jacket and then he actually took it off his jacket, I was like, okay, yeah, here we go. Let's have some fun, man. It's WrestleMania. It's supposed to be fun. Wrestling is supposed to be fun. I don't know how many times I have to remind these people that wrestling is supposed to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy yourself watching it. And McMahon fighting right before the main event is fun. That's just fun, guys. That's what it's supposed to be. And then we have Austin come out. And the place, just when that glass breaks and the place goes nuts. And I was a little disappointed when he rode down the ATV on night one because I love his walk down, you know. But we got them both because he walked down on night two. Uh, So let me ask you guys this. Zach, I'll ask you first. Obviously, Vince took the worst stunner of all time. No doubt. And Austin laughing about it just made it so funny. It, it made it so good. And Austin, like, smashing the beers together after Vince took it and him going, I, re- I, was, I told you I watched it today. He goes, that motherfucker. <laughs> uh, who took a better stunner, McAfee or Theory? Oh, dude, Theory took, like, the – you know, here, there's two different styles. Uh, That's right. They're both fantastic. So I can't say, but Theory took better bump worthy of The Rock and Scott Hall put together, essentially. And then McAfee took like the Triple H stutter bump with the spit and the, the beer. So like those are two quintessential, like of the variety of stunner bumps that you can take. We actually got all of them because McMahon is known for terrible stunner bumps, although this is like horrendous. Off, it was, like, off the absolutely- charts. <laughs> horrendous but then you got the super athletic stunner bump and then you got the beer spit stunner bump it was like this perfect smorgasbord of stunner bump uh and yeah it was an absolute party the dudes out there clanging cans it was a party everybody it was so perfect joe it was a party and it was also a uh long ass commercial for uh Broken school uh locker yeah i know <laughs> that's right <laughs> you could Dude, see it's so funny because like oh, i'm sorry real quick Vince McMahon is like Charlie Brown in the sense that he's out there drinking the beer and he's like, maybe this time she'll keep the fucking football down. It's like, maybe this time I'll drink the beer and he won't stun me. And everybody knows that that just ain't happening. It was so funny. So funny. Have you seen the video? There's a video out there on social media with uh, Mick Foley's kid and he's recording him and he's like hysterically laughing and he's like, he has been laughing for like five minutes because of how bad McMahon took the stunner. And it's just like him like, <laughs> on his couch, like crying, laughing. He's laughing so hard. He's crying. And uh, it's just so funny. It's just, you know, like people are like, oh, Vince can't even take a, Vince can't even take a fucking stunner. Like it's, he never could. He never could, but it's entertainment. It's, it's funny. And like, that's why Austin smiles. And like, you know, then he goes over he, and I love the way McAfee took that stunner. I love that he just kind of fell back. And then at the fucking end, he's just like, He's on the ground, like, fucking pouring beer into his fucking mouth. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking great. I don't know how anybody could have a problem with it. It no. was, it was, yeah, it, it was, 
Yeah, how could you be mad at that? You it's have you have thirty years form. of history with these guys. Like it does. Like you're not looking for a five star classic. You already know the characters. You already know all the backstory. You already know all the kayfabe stuff. You already know all the shoot stuff. It's all that wrapped into the worst stunner of all time. And then Stone Cold just laughing about it. And you know that Vince walked back there and was pissed off about it too, which is also funny. That's also funny that Vince was, Vince was probably like, he was probably pissed off because he looks super old. Like, because it was the kick to the stomach that did him. (laughs) Like he tried to take the kick to the stomach and then just kind of stumbled backwards. And Austin was like, get over here, motherfucker. He dropped to his knees. He got the he got kicked in the stomach, and it's almost like he forgot about the stomach kick. It's like he bumped for the stunner before uh, Austin even went for the stunner. Well, also he, like, kicked him in the uh, yeah. Also, before that, before Stone Cold came out, he was celebrating with Theory, and Theory's music played, and you can see Vince start to react like it's a like he was expecting Stone Cold's music for like five seconds, and he realized it's Theory's music, and he says something to Theory, and he was like, ah, I I went too early or something. Yeah, Vince, uh, <laughs> maybe leave your boots in the middle of the ring. Um, and he went back in the gorilla and tore both his quads. <laughs> God damn, it's so good. Uh, so, also on night two, we had uh, RK Bro versus Alpha Academy and Street Profits. What you think, Zach? Uh, total party match. Uh, that's RK Bro from... Matt Riddle, the springboard uh, off the top, was a thing of absolute beauty. Uh, but yeah, Montez Ford, just the blockbuster he did was an absolute blockbuster. He did an over-the-top, over-the-corner post, uh, slip dive before Gable did his slip dive. And uh, yeah, just an absolute party match. This is something that, um, you know, I, it was like kind of akin to like a, an AEW Dynamite opener. Um, really. No, I'd agree. And I think that, you know, a big thing on this mania, if you think about it, was there was a lot of tag team stuff going on. And, you know, as much as those tag team belts don't really mean shit anymore, it was still some really fun and good tag team wrestling and a very entertaining tag team wrestling, um, especially in that in that three-way with Orton and uh, Riddle. Um, man, I think that was one of the most entertaining matches of the night. It may have been the, I mean, but... Besides maybe like uh, McAvee and you know the Knoxville thing, like it may have been my favorite match. Yeah, from a wrestling standpoint, I think it was my favorite uh, for sure. Just as a wrestling match, it was my favorite tonight too. Yeah. Um. So Bill went upstairs to check on his baby. So we're gonna we're gonna chat for a minute. Let's move on to the next match, which I think what would the next match be? Is it is it the Knoxville match? I want to say the Knoxville match for him. Um, That's good. Cool. Yeah. So what was the next? What were the so we can talk about Edge, I guess Edge and AJ. Um, what you guys? What do you think of that, Zach? Uh, yeah, that was like I said uh, earlier. I thought it was going to be the match of the weekend, and it just wasn't. I mean, they're both absolute pros. It was a very good wrestling match. There wasn't anything wrong with it. I don't know if uh, maybe the crowd was worn out because I think it did come after the the Knoxville match. Uh, in order, so maybe you know they just kind of gassed themselves out laughing. Uh, but you know, it was technically very good. Uh, but it just seemed. I don't mean the sense of like I understand a deliberate match and like deliberate psychology, but it just didn't seem like there was a whole lot 
going on. And the build wasn't great. It wasn't like the match had a fantastic story behind it either. Um, and then the finish was just like a raw finish uh, where, like, you know, AJ just looks at Damian Priest and gets distracted uh, and then ends up losing the match because he looked at Damian Priest. He didn't actually even do anything, so he's just another idiot baby face. Yeah, um, I, thought, I thought that was weird, too, that he just kind of looked at him. He didn't really do anything or, like, make an attempt to do anything. Like, at least, like, move towards him, like, create a distraction in some way. Not just look at him like you're like some like he's terrified of you looking at him. Like, why would he give a fuck if he's looking at him while he's trying to execute a move and finish the match? Yeah, it's like this is WrestleMania. Um, like, if you're a consummate professional like AJ is, I mean, dude's been doing it forever. Like, even in kayfabe, like, how are you going to uh, let someone standing outside? There's seventy thousand people in the building. Like, why is this one extra person like causing you such an issue that you can't get the job done at the biggest show of the year? But um, did you notice that uh, he like was bleeding when he walked out? Like, I guess he yeah, that was into... so weird. He was, it was like he was walking out, and he's like, like literally, like he had blood coming off the side of his face. He was pissed off. I guess he ran into some of the stage back there or whatever right before he went out. But like, he was not happy on his entrance. Edge's entrance was cool though. The brood entrance. I, I, you know, one thing about the match I love that I, I don't think I've ever seen before was the uh, superplex onto the apron. That was cool. That was a that was a WrestleMania spot. I, I mean, that, that was that was that had to hurt like a motherfucker. Like I've never seen anybody do a suplex from the top rope onto the apron. That was crazy. I mean, uh, I like super off base. Uh, like, what did you think about the match? I, maybe I had too high hopes for it. I don't know what match. A, uh, AJ Edge. AJ Edge. Sorry, I had to go up and check on my nephew watching my daughter. Um, AJ Edge was it was one of those matches that felt like it never really got out of second gear. And it felt like they were adding minutes on it to make it feel epic without having the story or the match to do so. I like the addition of Damian Priest. Did I what are you laughing about? Oh, you're laughing about the cat. I like the addition of Damian, Damian Priest to the Edge Act. I just think that a WrestleMania match might not be the place to do that. That seems like a Raw after WrestleMania thing. Well, yeah, we were just chatting about it, actually, and we were just saying, like, it was just weird that he just came out and, like, he just, like, looked at AJ like he didn't do anything. There was no, like... Yeah, he just distracted him for a second and then the phenomenal forearm into the... I'm not the biggest fan of the Evil Edge character, I gotta be honest. Like, it's fine. I don't mind a heel edge. In fact, I love a heel edge. Edge and Christian are my favorite tag team of all time when they were funny with the five-second pose and they were friends with Angle and everything. Like, that's that's my all-time favorite tag team. This match just... I'll tell you what. In, in, in a WrestleMania that was full of moments and full of fun and full of good matches, this one is an afterthought. It's, I mean, yep. probably the best way I can say it. So we skipped talking about the Knoxville match because we wanted you to be here for it. All right, so I'm a big Sami Zayn mark, obviously. I'm a jackass fanatic. Zach has come over to my house, and when we're bored, we just watch jackass too. That's what we do. Jackass fucking rules. 
I thought that this match was perfect for what it was. It Ultimately, WWE is not AEW. It's not New Japan. It's more of a variety show. And this was more of a, this was a, clearly a comedy match. And it was a comedy match that was funny. I would give this match out of five stars, I don't know, like 38 stars. I loved it. <laughs> what do you think about it, Zach? Oh, it was, it was so fun. Like, I was not get a technical masterpiece, but, you know, uh, the, the cameos, you know, with Pontius, who I barely recognized because his dick was in his pants, and um, Wee Man, who was more over than half the roster. Dude, that, played, uh, that place was nuts for Wee Man. They were absolutely nuts. It was... Great crowd, yeah. by the way. Great crowd. And that, that has to do with the product that was put out there, but also the crowd was, that was, that didn't seem like a regular WrestleMania crowd, which is full of people that got free tickets or like rich people tickets. And they just wanted to go that, that place seemed like they were having fun the entire weekend. Yeah. And I think, um, that was one thing that I appreciated overall about this mania. And you kind of touched on it when we were talking about the magazine events thing. And it's like WWE kind of, for the first time in a while, it felt like they had loosened up and that this thing was just out there. It's like they were out there to have a good time and they, it was very aware that everyone was in on the joke. It's like, hey, like, you know, like with Austin coming out to Sun McMahon, like everybody knows that music's going to hit. Like, and it's what everybody wants. And with Johnny Knoxville, you know he's going to be out there taking silly bumps and it's going to be the silliest thing in the world. And I mean, I wasn't expecting a big mouse trap, but then whenever the big mouse traps out there, I'm like, well, of course there's a giant like, mouse trap out here, you know, like, and of course there's a giant hand, um, you know, bagging the same thing down. Oh, Farrell, what'd you think? I mean, the first like five minutes of that match, Knoxville just took the fucking beating of a lifetime. <laughs> I mean, Zane just wiped the fucking floor with his ass. Like he, he Knoxville took, was game, man. Oh man, he was game. He took some legit hardcore bumps. Yes. In the first like five. Zane, Go ahead. Zane kicked Wee Man right in the face. Oh, like, he fucking did. I, I, oh my god! And not to not to be mean, but like, man, it was so funny. Oh no! It was oh. it was supposed to be funny. Oh, yeah. It was supposed and, to be. This is a guy that dude, got like McAfee said. This is a guy that got famous kicking himself in the head. Yeah, and we man, when we man like came out from the ring. By the way, I call that spot like two minutes into the match. I'm like, he's coming out from the ring. Let him book the territory. But when we man came out, he he put it on him, man. He was throwing everything he had at him. And, and he was not, you know how sometimes celebrities go out there and they don't sell it like they're serious? Wee Man sold it like he was serious. Oh, he, he sold yeah. it like he was like, fuck Sami Zayn. I'm going to fuck this dude up. I hate this dude. Absolutely. And it was, it, it made it all the better. It really did. He so I thought he sold, like. What's, what was your favorite spot in the Jackass ooh, match? Man. I know uh, what mine was. Um, The big hand. I mean, the big hand was funny, and the Mark Henry tweet afterward was just really funny. What did it say? Uh, <laughs> what? No, I didn't see didn't this. See that? No. It was it just it was something. Say something like, about this kid all grown up. It was just saying like I breed champions or I breed, you know, like <laughs> I don't know, like that's get, really funny. Get to see my son have his WrestleMania moment or some shit like that. That's really good. Yeah. Zach, what was your favorite spot? Uh, 
I loved the the mouse trap on the table. It was just so gimmicky. But I think overall, it had to just be the bowling ball to the balls. The bowling ball to the balls was really good. My favorite spot was when Sami Zayn was getting ready to climb to the top turnbuckle and uh, and do a like a like a frog splash or whatever. And Johnny Knoxville sat up with the pyro and hit the button, and the pyro shot up Sami Zayn's ass. That fucking cracked me up so good, man. I mean, they were like, they were like, Sami thought he was going to get him. Knoxville's got the pyro. And kudos for the whole match. Like, kudos to all those guys for, like, remembering everything. Like, not being, like, nah. flustered or, like, oh, what do I do? Like, they were all, like... Tremendous. And even Knoxville, like, in that moment where, like... He has to fucking do the finish, and he has to get that fucking mousetrap to work. He didn't fucking freak out when it didn't work. He figured it out. He did. Yes, that's a that's a really good point, and I totally agree because that's exactly what he did. That could have been a fucking awful moment. For yes, this whole, for this great match they had. Yes. Uh, so there's a couple other ones that we have left. Not a whole lot. Uh, we'll save Reigns. Lesnar for end. Uh, Lashley versus Omos. I was surprised by this. Monday night saved it for me. Lashley going over seemed ridiculous because you built this Omos character for a year without losing. Lashley beats him in six and a half minutes. No MVP in sight. Babyface Lashley doesn't work on WWE TV. Hasn't worked yet from what I can tell. And then you have Monday night, MVP comes out in alliance with Omos, and now you have a baby face, Lashley, against Omos and MVP. What do you think, Zach? Garbage match. Don't give a shit about Omos, baby face, heel, MVP, or no. Uh, I just don't want him on the TV. I don't really ever want to see him again. I concur. Okay, then we'll keep it moving. Uh, well... Okay, so we had New Day get squashed by Rich Holland and Sheamus. I didn't see this on the replay or when I was watching it. Like, I still don't know what happened. Like, I read that they won in like a minute and a half. Was it, I guess it was dirty? I don't really remember, to be honest with you. I don't remember anything about the, All I remember about the match is at the very end, uh, Butch, Pete Dunn, Butch, went crazy and started attacking all the guys. You don't think I know who Butch is? You don't have to tell me, Pete Dunn. You don't think I know who Butch is? Jesus Christ. What do you think about it, Zach? Oh, they came out in their, their big E gear, you know, because their boys got a broken neck. And they lost in less than two minutes after their first, after their match got cut from the first night. So, uh, this was just um, not my favorite. Definitely uh, one of the reasons it uh, is in the minus territory. It's odd. Instead of the A. It, it, it's odd that they treated New Day that way. I'll say that. Um, only one match left to talk about, guys, and it was Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Now's a good time to tell everybody how the predictions went last week. Uh, Bill, your humble host, Bill Vagie, I got nine. Uh, Jason Bell got 11. Zach Pullman got 13. Zach Pullman with the big win. Big win. 13 points. Okay, so we have Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. This obviously went short. I think that Roman Reigns was shoot injured when he was complaining to Paul Heyman. I don't know if he knew the camera was in his face when he said, my shoulder's out, my shoulder's out. 
What did you think about the match, Zach? Oh, I mean, it was every Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar match um, that we see, which they're fun and usually good, but this one suffered because the quick finish made it very anticlimactic to the point where I assumed something was happening after the fact, and it just didn't. So, yeah, it was uh, definitely ended in a whimper, and I don't really care to see it again. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why this match sucked. And I think that this match sucked because we have seen it so many times. That's not why it sucked. It was suplex, 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 Superman punch, Superman punch, Superman punch, suplex, suplex, Superman punch, Superman punch, spear. It's There's just nothing to it. We've seen it so many times, and it always feels like a big deal Basically because it's Brock Lesnar. It feels like a big deal because every Brock Lesnar match feels like a big deal. Every Roman Reigns match does not feel like a big deal. Every Brock Lesnar match feels like a big deal. This shit with just the suplex Superman punch, suplex Superman punch, suplex Superman punch, spear. It fucking sucks. And the idea was always for a Roman to go over, which I totally get. And I predict it and everybody predicted on this show, but you Roman Reigns has to give me something more in the ring than just Superman punch and spears and punches and kicks if you're going to make me invest in a match ever again. Because he can't... The thing is, is that he's had matches with Jey Uso, and he's had matches with AJ Styles, and he's had matches with Kevin Owens that have been good matches. For some reason, when it's Brock Lesnar and him, it's just those four moves or whatever, and that's the end of it. And to me, that is boring as fuck. Joey, am I wrong? It's and it's it's so fucking boring, absolutely. And it's even more like ludicrous that they're like, it's the biggest match. Would they fucking say like the biggest match ever or whatever? I can't remember what they said, but uh, yeah, it just it is what it is, man. It's like every, I mean. To be fair, like, I mean, you, you want to shit on Roman Reigns, but, like, every Brock Lesnar match is the same fucking thing. Wrong. No. Nope. I think so. Nope. He sells for little guys. He really fucking sells for little guys. I'm not saying it doesn't sell, but, like, you know, offensively, you know what you're getting. You're going to get German suplexes, and you're going to get F5s, and that's it. That's fair enough. I guess I just like him getting beat up by little guys a little bit more. I like guys seeing do things do perform moves on him that are more than just Superman punches and spears. Okay. Zach, where are you at? Um, yeah, it was totally expected. Uh, I think that's more of an agenting thing. I think Heyman has a very heavy hand in agenting the Brock Lesnar stuff. So I just feel like that's part of the reason is the, the agenting of the match and less the performance. Uh, so, we're going to wrap up here on WrestleMania 38. I think that we're all in agreement that this was a spectacular event. Absolutely. It was the best in a while, and, like, it kept me entertained the whole time. And, you know, for having, you know, I, I really wasn't sure how I feel about the two nights, but I think the two nights thing is a keeper. you got to do two nights. And well, they'll, they'll never do it another way. Oh, I mean, man. they'll never go back. Yeah. It's it was, over. It was it's, great. It's a two-night thing. It's, it's going to be hard to top it next year, though. They, they had everything going for them this year. It was in Texas. 
It was at a stadium. They had Austin come back. You know what's? You know what I thought of too. Uh, before we get to Zach's final thoughts, is that like this is the this is the first year that they've been able to have like a true WrestleMania with a full crowd. Because last year was Tampa, but there were still COVID restrictions. And this is the first one they've had where their AEW is. It's it's not a money competitor, but it is like a. It is a creative competitor, Absolutely. so to speak. Yes. And they were kind of like, this is what we can do. You know what? And they really, they 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 showed it out. No, I, I was thinking that the other day. It was like, this, this is where you finally saw competition creates good fucking wrestling on both ends of the spectrum. And you saw WWE have to step up their game because AEW is around. Uh, Zach, what are your final thoughts on WrestleMania 38? I am very happy to have watched it. Uh, I'll watch it again. I mean, give me a couple months, but I'd do it again. Fucking awesome. The only way they can outdo it uh, next year's LA. The only way to outdo it is uh, The Rock in LA. That's like the only thing you can do. It's the only rabbit you can pull out of the hat, I think. I'm not sure. Well, you know, we'll see where we're at in a year. I'm not sure that The Rock... I just don't think that The Rock brings the... the wrestling fans to the yard the way that Austin does. Well, no one does. Right. Austin is no Austin. I just don't know. This will be topped for a long time. I think that this was a, a spectacular event and I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to talk to Jason about it because Jason on his text message earlier gave it a B minus or a C, <laughs> which is, uh, that's a choice. Um, that's a choice. Uh, so Zach, I'm going to leave it up to you because I know that you have to get going in about 25 minutes for the two count. You can either do AEW or Cody. So let's get to that two count. One, two, three. Two beer. What's the two count? Uh, Terrence tell me it is about 10 minutes now. So I will, uh, I'll go Cody because there's less to talk about there instead of run down the whole AW Dynamite, but I will say uh, real quick, saw two of the best tag team matches of the year and two of the best tag team matches I've ever seen uh, this week, and they both involved FTR. So go out of your way to watch Supercard of Honor, uh, at least to see the Briscoes versus FTR and uh, Young Bucks and FTR part due uh, on AW Dynamite. Uh, but yeah, we talk uh, Cody real quick. He comes out, opens Raw. That's all I could manage with Raw. I was like, oh, I'll watch Raw this week. I was like, Mania was good. They had me all hyped. It took, like, no time at all to, like, really just remind me of why I don't watch Raw. <laughs> but um, he comes out very poised. This is AEW Cody. And, I mean, just kind of lays it all out there. Um, classic. AEW Cody promo, you know, um, this is the kind of thing that he's been doing for the last few years. I think it's one of his calling cards. I think it's one of the reasons besides the EVP <laughs> status, the founder status, WWE would, <clears throat> sorry, would want him. And, 
yeah, uh, does the classic tearing up Cody promo. Like uh, people say that it was might have been a hard decision for me to, you know, come back to WWE, and it was not. Uh, really, just landed on very thick, and the dude worked really hard, and his whole thing is do the work, right? And by that, I don't mean like the gym or like the politics or you know just like studying tapes like he's just like I mean Dusty Rhodes thing the, the dude's a work like I mean even Daniel Bryan said I learned to lie from riding with Cody Rhodes right I learned to lie from Cody Rhodes like the guy is just an excellent worker like he can work up your emotions and he had the crowd just eating out of the palm of his hand like this WWE crowd is in love with Cody Rhodes there's the ones that are you know, he came back, you know, to us, like, he, he left that other company because this is the big deal, the tribalist ones. But then there's the other people who don't necessarily care. Um, they're just, like, into it, right? He was the number one search term during WrestleMania. Let me, ask you, Cody, let, let me ask you a question here, Zach. Are yeah. you saying that – do you think that Cody's promo on Raw when he was talking about his dad was not genuine? I I don't think – I think that he definitely probably asked that question, right, you know, and that seems like it stems from an actual, like, you know, memory. But he definitely is able to kind of manipulate these things into a cohesive story for his own benefit, right, the Codyverse, right? Like, he's really good at it. Um, I mean, he left WWE – latched onto that elite group and they were the hottest things in wrestling at the time and they started their own company and he was absolutely a part of that and I mean based on his Sports Illustrated interview and based on like the things that he's saying like it is hard to believe that he didn't have this in his mind to begin with uh, going back and quote unquote winning the big ones then again like I said He's an ultimate worker. That so are you saying it is genuine? Bullshit. I I'm having a hard time following. Like, are you saying that Cody is it like I think I for me, I can't tell if you're saying that he is so wrapped up in wrestling that he believes everything that he's saying, or that he's such a sociopath that he doesn't believe anything he's saying. No, no, no. I think is genuine and I think that he's like everything that he's saying to a degree I just think that he's really good at working crowds and working people uh, so I think that everything that he says should be approached with skepticism uh, but he's very difficult to not believe right he seems genuine like we met the dude he's very charismatic he, he seems like a very genuine dude uh, so you want to believe him uh, but I don't know if you can, but regardless, it's entertaining and it's intriguing. Fair enough. You agree that he is here for the main event, though. Like, he would not go oh, out yeah. there. He would not go out there and cut that promo about winning the belt unless. So, I'm going to give you an overall. Real, real, quick, real quick before uh, I have to go, I think the best thing that they could possibly do, especially based on this story that he told, was no son. Because of champion's advantage, I did not win because you cannot win the title via count out. Dusty I finish. Think he goes up 
goes up against Reigns and gets and uh, Reigns gets counted out, and he wins, but he does not win the title. So that there's parallelism to that story. I don't have faith in WWE to tell it, but they did the Bianca thing well enough. Um, you know, I think it could happen. I think if there's ever a week where we have to give WWE the benefit of the doubt, it is this week because WrestleMania <laughs> ruled so hard. And listen, I shit on WrestleMania. 52 weeks out of the year pretty much but i am going to give wrestlemania i am going to give wwe the benefit of the doubt going uh, well, forth here and, before you uh, have to go I, go ahead yeah okay i was just gonna say uh, i will listen to your i can't wait to hear your guys thoughts, but i'm just gonna have to listen to them on the podcast but yeah you got one more question uh my question is what do your undies smell like right now fish Ooh. That gets me going. Oh, you just uh, <laughs> fucking Joey just had a physical reaction to that. Um, he did that. That's what I was going for. Zach, it's nice to talk to you. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah sorry, I had to cut out, and uh, thank you all for listening. Sorry, for, uh, sorry it took so long for us to get to you, but uh, Joey and I are going to continue this conversation uh, for the rest of the podcast. It's really, it's really Portland traffic and uh my child's fault so yeah don't feel bad i I blame i blame your kid i'll talk to you later all right so uh joey made it clear to me after zach left that he doesn't want to do this very much longer uh so i'll say this about cody what i'm sick of is all these marks on twitter that only like one company they either like wwe or they like AEW. and what they what happens is when cody shows up and has this tremendous debut on wrestlemania they take to twitter and he cuts his promo and they're like well he's a fake ass motherfucker and this is so fake and of course he's back there because he couldn't cut it in AEW. it's like you fucking marks it's like, why can't you guys just like wrestling? Like, the thing about all these wrestling fans is that they all hate wrestling. Not me. I like wrestling. So do I. It makes me laugh out loud a lot. I think I think I like it because it's so absurd, and I think I also like it because somebody like Cody, like, this is a real... We've come back around. We've gone around the circle, like like journey for a guy like Cody Rhodes. There's nothing fake about this. He left WWE to go make a bigger name for himself. He went out there, traveled the world, went to ROH, went to NJPW, started AEW, made himself a bigger star than he had ever been in WWE, and then came back to WWE and had that moment on WrestleMania. Now that's really something. Joey, what do you think? Yeah, no, my sentiments exactly. I, I think that, like, it's what makes wrestling so great. It's like people bitch about, like, oh, we want the Monday Night Wars back. We want this back. Well, you're getting it, and now you're going to fucking complain about it? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Like, this is the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. And, like, you had a guy who was stagnant, who had kind of, like, done everything he could do in AEW. Plateaued. Absolutely. And he was that. He was, like, the office guy. And he was the guy backstage, and people were like, uh, and he basically had given up going for the belt. And then the minute he comes back to like do something, people shut all over him. It's like this is the fucking guy. Sorry to get you know, this is the guy who's responsible 
for starting AEW, for giving you all this, for giving you everything. The guy who went through a flaming table and had table in his back for weeks. He created the whole thing. And the, you know, and think I'm about, not saying there's not other people that helped him along. Absolutely not. But he was he was very integral in the part in in starting AEW in making a name for himself to begin with after WWE and making himself a bigger star. How many people have left WWE and not done what he did? A lot. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, everybody no, except for him. No one's ever done that. Yes. He started a real competitor. Yes, and he, an actual competitor. And he created so many great events, so many great moments. And this guy decides, hey, you know what? This place is in good hands. We Everyone here knows what they're doing. I want to do something else. I want to go, and I want to take care of some business. And you know what? He might go back to AEW in eight years. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, he might run AEW again. Who knows? Think about Dusty Rose and how Dusty Rose had his career. He went back and forth. Yes, doing stuff all the time. But you think about you think about Dusty Rhodes' career. You think about why Virgil is named Virgil. Yeah. You think about uh, Akeem, the African Dream. You know, who was a character that was there to make fun of Dusty. Not taking anything away from the actual wrestler, but I mean that was a thing that Vince did. You think about the polka dots. You know this. You think about the disrespect that Dusty fought through, and Dusty never won the belt, never won the WWE belt or WWF, WWF. But and then Dusty came back and worked with NXT and trained guys like Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins, I don't know if you've ever watched the Seth Rollins Broken Skull sessions with Steve Austin, but. He talks about Dusty and how much he loved Dusty and how much Dusty had to do with him. And to have Cody come back, I mean, I'm sure Dusty was smiling down and I don't want to get sentimental. But man, I can understand why Cody got sentimental about that. I can certainly understand that. And people acting like Cody is fake for this or something. Give me a break. Give me a fucking break, yeah. man. It's like you guys have all these conspiracy theories going through your head. It's like, no, he's not faking it. That was his fucking dad. And he fucking got along with him. Yeah. There are people that don't get along with their dads. He got along with his dad, and that's and you know, Seth was always called one of Dusty's kids from NXT. I'm sure that was part of the reason why Cody was like, "I want to fight Seth." Just I, I thought it was a perfect coronation of him coming back to WWE. I couldn't be happier for the man. Couldn't be happier for his family. And I couldn't be happy for WWE, and especially, I couldn't be happier for me as a wrestling fan. 100%. I watched Raw for the past month. Well, not the whole thing, but, you know, the end of to it. To see if he showed to up. To see if he showed up, because yep. I was like, this is what we all wanted. This is what we were waiting for. And guess what? He shows up and goes out there and has one of the best matches of his career. Right. If, if not the best match of the weekend. I mean, it's arguably the best match of the weekend in a, in a weekend full of fucking matches. At the end of the day, I know we're kind of getting off the subject, but Cody Rose is money. He's entertainment, and he's going to give you everything he's got. And he's, got, he's a reason to watch Raw. Let's get to that three count. One, two, three. All right, so you and I don't get to talk very often. Correct. I... I 
I know that we don't have a lot of time, but I want to talk through AEW Dynamite with you if we could. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we had Christian Cage versus Adam Cole starts off first. You texted me last night. I was in bed. We text back and forth sometimes. We're friends. We, we're, we're good friends. Yes. You texted me last night. I was already in bed. Um, you said Christian Cage is fighting like he used to. So Christian Cage had this match with Adam Cole. So I wake up and I'm starting work and uh, I'm like, well, I'll turn on AEW while I'm answering some emails and stuff. You know, I wish I could disagree with you so we could have some arguments on the sh- on the show to make it a better pod, but I-, I agree with you. I thought that Christian Cage versus Adam Cole, baby, was a fucking perfect 15-minute TV match. I mean, you just you think, oh, he's probably lost a step. He's getting a little older now, whatever. And he just goes out there, and he, he fucking tears the house down with Adam Cole. Just, just, he's flawless, man. Like, the guy is, he will go down in my book as the most underrated wrestler of all time. Yeah, too too many agreements here because yeah. I I'm a I've always been a Christian guy. I've always said that I take Christian over Edge. Everybody gets mad at me about that, but I think that Christian is a little bit more understated. I like the un, I like the I didn't hear what they called it last night. Did they call it the unprettier or did they call it the uh, What's the unprettier? What was the other name for the unprettier? I was pretty high, to be honest with you. Okay, good. All right. Um, But like any other AEW segment, this segment couldn't end without six other people coming out. So we had Jurassic Express and Red Dragon. Adam Page comes out. And so we're having Adam Page versus Adam Cole, baby, next week in Texas. Texas Deathmatch. I think it's a little too soon to have another death match because it feels like they just had the Texas death match with uh, Lance Archer. But who do you think goes over next week? That's a good question. I mean, you, you got to think about this a little bit because having Cole keep losing over and over and over again. I'm saying Cole can't lose again. I don't think he can either. I think Adam Cole's got to go over. Yeah, and then he'll lose after. He'll, he'll. I think. I think Paige gets the belt back after that, pretty quickly. So you don't think that Punk is the person to take the belt off Cole? Man, what do you? I mean, man, that's great. I didn't think about that. I mean, because Punk has been talking about the belt lately a lot, and I think a babyface Punk versus a heel Cole is a money match. And I think a heel Cole with the belt is money. Yes. Yeah. And you know, but you know, I guess the the big- and Adam Page is over. Yeah. He doesn't need the belt to be that over, though. Okay. Because that cowboy shit chant, that is going to go on and on and on and on. People people like Adam Page. They absolutely do, and, and he's great. And I think the question with him is, you know, what is what is he going to do next? How is he going to take that next step after being champion? What are they going to do with him? So I, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with him afterwards. But I do agree with you. I do think that Cole takes the belt. For okay. how long, who knows? Next up, I didn't know this. I didn't know Samoa Joe was back. Samoa Joe makes his debut against Max Caster. I hate Max Caster. Listen. I fucking hate him. Samoa Joe basically squashes him in three minutes. Uh, then Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt are out there. It was good to see the muscle buster again, though. Of course. Yeah. I love Samoa Joe. Uh, this is what I want to say to everybody Jason Bell, that uh, was bitching about Jay Lethal not doing anything in AEW. Oh, he's only wrestling on he's only wrestling on dark elevation. He's only wrestling on dark, and now he's in a fucking feud with Samoa Joe. Are you 
There you go. Like a fucking main event style feud with Samoa Joe with a real story behind it. With a real story behind it. It just, it makes, it pisses me off when you think about all these fucking wrestling fans. As soon as somebody signs, they gotta be in the fucking main event. Guess what? There's one fucking main event. Yes. So give it some time. Uh huh. Let them develop a story for that character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And see what happens. And here, look at this. Jay Lethal's got this great story now. Yeah. You know, it's like five months later, and he—he's you know, not hurting for money. No. And plus, it's not if he's hurting for money, AEW lets these guys go out and work indies. Absolutely, and he works indies. Yes. Yeah. So he can still make money. It's not everyone can be champion. Not everyone can have a top story. So if Ruby Riot's gone for a couple months, she'll come back. It's Ruby Riot. Like yeah. she'll be fine. Let let these and these characters need to breathe. It's it 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 makes all the difference in the world. And plus, they'll make more money when they come back and work a pay per view because the pay per view is going to make so much more money because people want to see Ruby Riot fight. Anyway, uh, Sean Spears versus Captain Sean Dean. Captain Sean Dean gets it. Wardlow comes out. I I hope that if Wardlow is, if they're going to keep Wardlow away from MJF for a while, I hope that they start to find more creative ways to do it. I'll say this though. Yes. You know, fuck. For since the '90s, wrestlers have been beating up security guards slash, you know, local wrestlers. I've never seen somebody beat the shit out of security so bad in my life. Wardlow is good. He. He gave those guys their money worth. Their money's worth. I mean, that was that was awesome. I, I really, I'm starting to enjoy him more and more each week, and I, I I'm excited about the story. I'm excited to f for him to finally get his, uh, for MJF to kind of get his comeuppance. Oh, I mean, they are really putting it off though. Oh yeah, it's good. And they should. Yeah, of yeah, course. Absolutely. This is this is good storytelling. This is what you want out of wrestling. You want to see MJF get his fucking ass beat in front of a hot-ass crowd, man. And Sean Spears will get his ass beat before MJF does. That's coming next. Yeah, okay. Uh, what do you think about Eddie Kingston and LAX coming out, coming out and cut that promo? That was great. It was what it was. It was exactly what it needed to be. Eddie Kingston rules, man. It's so great, isn't it? Like, I mean, you want to talk about it, the underdog. He is the underdog of the underdog. Yes. I mean, just awesome. And now he's... I mean, he's found his place. He's incredible. Yeah. He's incredible at the upper mid card of AEW. He's going to be there for a while. And, you know, they don't take him off TV because people fucking love him. I mean, to me, when they start doing more, how, if they, when they start doing house shows, he's the guy that you bring out and that fucking sells tickets and that gets the crowd going. So what do you think about Jade Cargill? Jade Cargill's money. I think it's just. I think she's great. I don't know. I mean, what else is there to say? Yeah, nothing. She's married to Brandon Phillips. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah. Um, the Hardys and the Butcher and the Blade had a sloppy fucking tables match. Sloppy. I mean, can we give Jeff Hardy a week off? Uh, man, that's what I was thinking when like, I saw it. It's like, dude, you have to win with a 15-foot swanton I mean, or whatever on. it was. Are we trying to kill him? Uh, yeah, exactly. Is he trying to kill himself? Well, that that was a little too deep. Oh shit! Cold blooded. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, I didn't mean to say that. You know that dude's only two years older than me. That fucks me up. Unbelievable. Uh, Andrade, El Idolo, and Sting came out because it's an AEW segment. They can't have less than five people per per segment. Real quick though, I sure. love that they're like they're not using Andrade so much. Like they're not having him wrestle that often. 
Because when he does wrestle, it's so good. Yes. I wish that uh, NXT would take a note from that with Walter because, well, we can talk about NXT some other time. Uh, so we can skip to the main event because there wasn't much after that. Hater and Storm are fighting next week. I'm looking forward to that. Nyla Rose versus Thunder Rosa. I'm not really looking forward to just because Thunder Rosa is going to go over. Julia Hart is green. And Hikaru Shida versus Serena. Our Deeb came out to fuck with Shida a little bit more. So we had the Young Bucks versus FTR. Did you watch this match? I did. Spectacular, right? Spectacular. I mean, two of the best, two of the best to ever do it. Two of the best tag team tag teams to ever do it. Absolutely. And it was a tag team match with a with an ending that didn't really piss me off, even though it was a little uh, there was a little bit of chicanery in there. You know what I mean? I need to w- go back and rewatch that match just so I can, you know, really get an idea of how good it was. But I just re- I remember that the finish there was a lot going on and it, they nailed it. Oh, you were stoned. Oh yeah. Uh, well, they didn't notice that Dax Harwood had his foot on the ropes and they rang the bell and and then they restarted it and then they ended up coming back and winning, which was pretty fun. I mean, I just, I think, and people, that's another thing, man, not to rag on everybody, but FTR, man, they have really done right by those guys. Yes. And, and they, and they didn't put him in the main event right away. And then they had their run. And then that was over. Yes. And they waited a little bit. Yeah. And then they had another. Now they're having another run. That's how wrestling works. AEW is good. Very good. Yes. And you know, WrestleMania was great, and I I loved it, and I thought, man, am I going to watch AEW and just feel let down because WrestleMania was so good? Guess what? After about five minutes of watching Christian wrestle Adam Cole, I was like, never mind. There's room for all of it. Absolutely. If you're a wrestling fan like we are. If you're a couple of marks like we are, there's room for all of it. There is room for WWE and the granddaddy of them all and the showcase of the immortals. And there is room for watching Adam Cole, baby, and Christian Cage fight 15 minutes at the beginning of Dynamite. That's what makes the world go round, guys. You guys don't have to get mad at one or the other. Guess what? It, you're allowed to like it all. I can't, I, I can't, I, I just can't get over it. I can't get over these guys. Speaking of people that are good... That was our three count. Speaking of people that are good. This is banned from ringside. I can't believe how good Braun Breaker is 12 months into his, after his first match. I mean, he had, he had a match against Dolph Ziggler at Stand and Deliver that was pretty good. Pretty fucking good, actually. He had, he's had a match against Tommaso Ciampa that was pretty fucking good, actually. He, he won the belt on Raw, which I guess the idea was he loses on stand deliver so he can win it on Raw in front of a bigger audience. And then he has a match against Walter on Tuesday night in which he goes over, which was a fucking great match. What? This guy's a phenom. Honestly, he's like, he's a phenom. I want to see him fight Pat McAfee. I mean, he's, you know, he's fucking, he's a Steiner brother. He's a Steiner. You know, what do you expect? Did you see the end of NXT? No, I did not. Where he beat Walter or Gunther, and then his dad shows up on the big screen, and his dad says, "Son, son, congratulations on your big win." And then it backs up, and he's handcuffed in a cage, and Joe Gacy's got him in a cage with Harlan, 
And Joe Gacy's like, I got your dad. So now Rick Steiner's kidnapped by Joe Gacy. This reminds me of the the Kane the Kane uh, Randy Orton thing where he's like, he's got Bob Orton on the ground. He's like, I'm a sucker for family reunions. <laughs> I just want a story. Just give me a story, guys. This is banned from ringside. All right, we got some birthdays this week. David Otunga. Man, what happened to him? Forty-two. Still married to Jennifer Hudson, I believe. Uh, yeah, Academy Award winner Jennifer Hudson. Uh, Sanjay Dutt just showed up with Samoa Joe. He's 40. Bianca Belair just had a hell of a week. She's 33. Paul Bearer, rest in peace. Would have been 62 this year. Uh, Juice Robinson is 33. Stud. Harley Race, RIP, would have been 79. Dustin Rhodes, a.k.a. Gold Dust, is 53. Balls Mahoney. <laughs> you remember Balls Mahoney? Yeah, he's dead. R.I.P. He's 50. Sorry. Oh, Didn't mean to laugh so much. Hey, everybody. For Joey O'Farrell, thanks hey! for coming in tonight, man. Here, and man. tell us about uh, wrestling at the Grand Arc. All right, go follow us on Grandel Wrestling, Grandel Wrestle on Twitter. Uh, all the ticket links, Saturday, April 30th at the Grandel Theater. We got Alex Shelley. We got Moose. We got Mike Gallo. We got Davey Richards. We got Samurai Del Sol, formerly Kalisto. We got Tennille Dashwood, formerly Emma. Come. Come hang out. Come see it. Uh, for Two Beers, Zach Pullman, for Jason Gonzalez, Isabel, for Murray the Man Murray, for Patriot Pat. Go listen to Sideways in Time. That and a whole bunch more tonight. Boo the